My opening prayer actually comes from a book as well, Mark. <laughs> um, and I saw this, and I said, oh, it's just so beautiful. So this is our prayer. And it's from Prayers for the Seasons of Life. And it's called The Choice. Dear Lord, we are people. We are children, parents, relatives, singles, spouses, neighbors, friends, co-workers, leaders, followers, club joiners, church members, students, volunteers, and the list goes on. We are who we are, and each new day, who we are for that moment, that day, determines the decisions we must make. We are challenged to give or to take, to go or to stay, to forgive or to seek revenge, to accept or deny, to touch or withdraw, to take the time or be too busy, to share or withhold, to listen or talk, to encourage or criticize, to appreciate or take for granted, to hope or despair, to love or to hate, and the list goes on. Dear Lord, we are people. We are your children. We are special and unique. We are because of you, and each new day, who we are for that moment, that day, is determined by one decision, which is ours alone to make. We are given the choice to follow you and search out your will for our lives, or to follow ourselves and rely on our own resources. And the list stops here. For to choose one is to choose abundant life. To choose the other is to choose death. Amen. The topic for this reading, Mark, or what were you discussing out on the road? Um, Jesus predicts his death for the second time. Verses 30 and 32, I'll read again from the New Living Translation. Leaving that region, they traveled through Galilee, and Jesus didn't want anyone to know where he was or he was there, for he wanted to spend time with his disciples and teach them. He said to them, the Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. He will be killed, but three days later, he will rise from the dead. They didn't understand what he was saying, however, and they were afraid to ask him what he meant. Jesus had his disciples on a mission trip. They were witnessing the personal work of Jesus casting out demons from a little girl, from a man who was possessed by an evil, evil spirit, and also a deaf man who also had a speech impediment in that area. And the healing of a blind man. All of this was going on during this trip. They were learning a lot. And then they witnessed another miracle, one that was even larger. The feeding of 4,000. They had been warned the first time, the very first time they had been warned that 
the Son of Man would be betrayed in the hands of his enemies, and he would be killed, and three days later, he would rise from the dead. And I was, as I was reading this and looking at the backdrop of it all, Peter, you know, the Peter, his right-hand man, <laughs> Peter had already heard this first warning and tried to say to Jesus, oh, no, this is not going to happen. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. And then days later, Peter, James, and John witnessed Jesus in the transfiguration. They had gone through all of this, and they had heard the voice of God saying, this is my beloved son, listen to him. They had heard and witnessed all of this before coming to this place at this particular time when they were on their way back to Capernaum to rest. And Jesus says again, for the second time, the Son of Man is going to be portrayed into the hands of his enemies and he will be killed. But three days later, he will rise from the dead. They didn't say a word. They didn't know what to say. And Jesus didn't say anything to them. He kept, they kept walking. And when they got home, and, or the house that they were in, and they got settled, then Jesus said, What were you discussing out on the road? And they didn't say a word. They didn't say a word because they were fussing. They were fussing about who was going to be the best, who was going to be first, who was going to be second, all of that. And they were so embarrassed, they couldn't respond. So I had to think about these disciples who were just like ordinary people, just like us if Jesus showed up. You know, they were ordinary people. They were fishermen. And I had to look at what were their personalities like. Simon was a fisherman. He was impulsive and outspoken. James was a fisherman who was ambitious and short-tempered. <laughs> John, another fisherman, was ambitious and judgmental. Andrew, another fisherman. But he was a bit different. He was eager to bring others to Jesus because he introduced Peter to Jesus. You know, and Philip, another fisherman, had a questioning attitude. Nathaniel was honest and straightforward. Matthew, who was also a tax collector, was frowned upon because he was a tax collector. Thomas was a mixture of courage and doubt. And the other James, the son of Alphaeus, believed and followed, not knowing God's plan. Simon the Zealot was fiercely patriotic. And Judas had redeeming qualities too, but at the end, his greed overcame his redeeming qualities. And then I thought about, I, everybody here will tell you I like looking at movies. And I wonder if you've seen um, The Chosen, which is on, um, let's see, I think it's on YouTube. I think it's on, um, on 
I don't know what's the other one. They come on um, everybody that knows all these technological things, but they're on YouTube. And I looked at that on YouTube. That's why I'm familiar with it. And they portray the disciples in such an authentic way. So as I was reading the scriptures, I could actually see them in my mind's eye. I could see Jesus walking down you know, the, the, um, the trail on the way back to their home. And I could see the disciples walking behind them saying, I should be doing this, and I should be doing that. And no, I did this, and I did that. I could see them in my eye because this is how they portray them, you know, in the chosen. So they're real people, right? And Jesus called real people. <laughs> you know, even when Jesus called Matthew, the tax collector. Now, in this um, rendition, um, Matthew is sitting in this cubicle and he's writing receipts for people that are paying their taxes. And Jesus is walking by with some of the other disciples, and he said, Matthew, come follow me. And Matthew was saying, what? Me? Yes, you. And Peter walks up and say, you don't know what he's done. He's done this, he's done that. And Jesus looks at him and says, get used to the unordinary, you know. He said, nobody knew what I was doing when I called you. <laughs> so Jesus calls, calls these, these men and women. Now, we don't hear about them in this scripture, but men and women. And they followed him, ordinary people, but caught up with this extraordinary teacher and being overwhelmed with gratitude to be called to serve. So they sat there feeling kind of ashamed, perhaps. Yeah. Oh, he caught us in it. And Jesus, being Jesus, brings up a child and, and he says, Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. And then he made it plain that we are all servants. We all have special gifts and talents. And they all come together to help the body of Christ. And we should be extremely grateful and gratified and, and offering gratitude that we were called to serve and to bring change in metropolitan Richmond, in this state, in this country, and in this world. It's all transformation. It's an attitude of gratitude. And it gives us the freedom to be who God created us to be with all of our gifts and talents, all of our failures, all of our little cracks and all of that. But God redeems it and brings change to all of us.
It's a simple message and a complicated one. Amen. Amen.